winged on cucumber and on my wedding day. When the fun was over and the guests had gone away, my old darling said to me, you must be angry, Joe. Is there anything you fancy? I said, fancy, don't you know? I like pickle onions. I like pickle lily. Pickle cabbage is all right with a bit of cold meat on Sunday night. I can go to Martyrs' but what I do prefer is a little bit of cucumber, 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 little bit of cucumber. I went flying through the air with my old college chum. Suddenly he said to me, we're bound for kingdom come. Have you anything on your brain before you wear a crown? I began to shake and said, write this confession down. I like pickle onions. I like pickle lily. Pickle cabbage is all right with a bit of cold tripe on Sunday night. I can go to Martyrs, it's the one I do prefer. It's a little bit of cucumber, gummy, gummy, gum, gum, little bit of cucumber. Well, welcome to the evening tickler. Here we are again on this beautiful evening in the Catskills with uh, some beautiful people at our table. So as we always start, the candles are lit, the table is set, the china is polished, and here we ask you to join us for this lovely, lovely evening of dining and conversation. We, uh, we want you to stop reading and reflecting as we go into our discussions. Yes. Yes, we have back with us our wandering global I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Adventure. Uh, he has shown back up. He's, he's a little florid. He, there's wine. And I'm a little blood. florid? Well, there's a little bit of wa- <laughs> wine and, and blood in your face. And the, the Is that really? Some pasty spots. I, I think we could probably, if we ate your face, take communion off of it. <laughs> It looks like it's got all of the necessary nutrients. You have been on the road. I've been on a tear. I've been on a tear. I know, I know, I know. Yeah. I, you know what? I didn't want to be. Yes, I did want to be away. I did want to be away. Um, and, but I didn't expect it to go on as long as it did. But, you know, it, it did. And I'm sorry that I abandoned you all that time. I know that at least one of the times you were sat here completely on your own, just talking to the world without, with, with no exchange at all. Yeah, it was and just, I'm sorry that it was I just that me, myself, and I, and the 17 other people that live inside of me. I, I was not alone. It was, it was wonderful. Yeah, I um, would have called into you, but, um, but it was too difficult. It was too difficult. I look forward. Uh, to catching up on your adventures. And mm. the, I don't know if they're adventures. Uh, adventures are byproducts of ill-planned expeditions, and it sounds like yours was well-planned. Yeah, 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 it was well-planned. I mean, some surprises along the way, but um, well-planned. But you know what? We should do that. That needs to be. That needs to absorb itself into the matrix of being back, and then, and then we can go and attack that. You, you don't want to even touch it right now. Well, I don't know. No, I mean, I'd say where I was. Yeah. Well, so the last stop was Poland. Yeah. So that's the... That's a little mystery that we're going to dangle out there. The last stop was Poland. Actually, the last stop was London, but that was just uh, a holiday. Well, that's meaningless to us here at the table mm-hmm. without the background of why you were there and what I you know. did. But we'll, we'll save that for I a later date. I just want you to know that what I know of, it, it was a dark trip. And uh, the light is coming on, the sun is coming up, and we're going to lose that wonderful blue light that goes so well with spooky, evil stories. That's you, true. You That's are. true. I, I know. I know. A couple more weeks and it'll be gone. I know. Hey, this morning was. Didn't this morning it moved forward an hour or whatever? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes, we remembered that. Um, uh, food. Well, be, before food, um, why don't you introduce me to this lovely guest you've brought to the table? 
yeah, well, just back, and um, <clears throat> and this is Marco. <clears throat> Marco, who I've known for years and years and years. How long have I known you, Marco? Oh, God, Julian, I think it's been, uh, it's got to be 20, it's got right be 20 years. 20 years yeah, or yeah, so. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and so, yeah, so accident from, uh, I mean, know each other from the city and all that kind of stuff, and accidentally have ended up in this place uh, for our own separate reasons, uh, same place, same time. Did you did you meet each other, if I may, uh, professionally or personally? I think, uh, Marco, which way did we meet each other? Uh, I, we met each other professionally, I think. I think a, we did in the beginning. Through a photographer that yeah. we both knew, uh, yeah. James yeah. Smolka. Who's dead uh, now. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, I thank, thank you, James, for bridging these <laughs> yeah, two amazing we both people knew, here. We both knew the amazing photographer, James Smolka, and uh, met through his work. Yeah. And... Um, um, we were both on opposite ends of the kind of uh, economic equation around James. Yeah, around I think probably, econ- I think, you know, you're one of those people, you know, uh, one of the things that I say to people a lot about who you pick up along the way is, in a way, you're kind of an unlikely person to have ended up being uh, a complete fellow traveler. Because how many people are you working with at the time where you go to a record company and you do something with a band or whatever, and how many of them stick around and how many of them don't? But the, you're one of those people who we've been on parallel courses, even though we weren't doing it together. Yeah. You've just ended up being in the same place. Where you're like, you again? Oh, you're here too? Or whatever. <laughs> yeah. And it's kind of been like that for well, 20 that's, years. That's <laughs> the way the world off works. You know, mm. and best friends are made out of the most insignificant coincidences. That's totally but true. I have a question for the two of you. Yeah. And, and it, it, it could potentially affect me uh, deeply. Have you found in your 20-year relationship that uh, that the other bridges, the people that have made introductions, are also dead? Who? Uh, well, James <laughs> is dead now, and he intru- and I'm just concerned about a oh, power you think that might may- be going on oh, here that introductions that we might have to death. You know, like James Bond kisses girls, and they yeah, die. No. I was wondering you if mean, you two oh, whether we're killing that, people. Have you <laughs> no, we're not. Trend? As far as I know, we're not killing people. Yeah, you're, are you? Lying? There are a few bodies. I was going to say there might be one or two. There are a few bodies, but they're all bodies that everybody knows about. Have you ever thought that maybe you had superpowers like that, where you could superstitiously, you know, make people? Die or, I thought or when, live or oh, I totally, resurrect. I totally thought it when I was a kid. <laughs> yeah. I had that Did like, you? Oh, my God. I totally had that uh, out-of-body thing that you have when you're a kid yeah. where you're like, I'm so special uh-huh. that nobody <laughs> really even understands. Like, I'm floating above this whole thing, uh-huh. and I can make the whole thing work. Yeah. And did it? No, I lost the ability. Oh. But at the time, I totally believed I did. I was like, you know... There's a reality here, and then yeah, there's my reality. Yeah. No, and I have a different a, reality than everybody a, else's reality. It's part of the purity of innocence where you really do, through investing, that you can believe in yourself. Like it's one of those flying dreams where you're up there until you realize it's impossible and then you start to fall. Did you have any of those superpower, superstitious beliefs in yourself, uh, Mark? I didn't. You? I don't think I really oh, he did. Wasn't. No, I was a little really? more down to earth. No, I wasn't quite <laughs> wow. so sure of myself. To, like, it's not too late. I was so sure yeah, of myself. I'm, still, I'm, gonna I'm go. working on it. It's I need true. some booze. I'm building booze. up to it still. Yeah, wine is, the wine is good. Marco, do you want a drink? I would love a drink. What okay. have you brought with you, Julian? <laughs> I didn't actually. Uh, this is Steve. So I'm going to go and get it. Hang on. Uh, this wine is from our local wine store, the Roxbury Wine and Spirit Shop. Oh, and, uh, Jeff, I go, to, I go to Jeff, who I do believe has one of those superpowers, and you just look at him. And he reads you, and he says, what you need is a good, strong, dry Cabernet. Okay. Uh, and so he looked at me, and I described dinner here at the station, and, uh, and he, he prescribed this for us. What do you, what do you think? Take a sip. And, are you, are you uh, already going over there? I'm good. <coughs> I'm very good. 
It's so good to have you back, Julian. Oh, um, you know what? Life yeah. is just... No, I'm pleased mm. to be back. I am pleased to be back. I mean, I, w I wasn't really sure what it's going to be like to be back. I'm still not sure what it's like to be back. But I'm back. I'm trying to make some sense out of it. Does a, does a, you probably travel more than the rest of us internationally. Does it, does it work the other way, too, where when you come back, certainly you don't know whether you are here or not. But when you go, do you also have that sense of disorientation? And no. No, no, no. It's all uh, – I always say that, like passing through the – like for me – the process of leaving, the excitement of leaving, literally starts in getting in the car. Like none, none of none of the headache part oh. of going oh. is a headache. You Do know, you feel the drive to Newark body? Airport. The is it a body sensation? I mean, is it that exciting? It's just that simple. Yeah, it's like a visceral excitement of the, of the whole idea of um, of being away and. You know, I do this thing that I always say to the kids, which is when I pass through the airport, I acknowledge. I imagine and I acknowledge that uh, knowing that in two weeks' time or three weeks' time, I'll be passing through exactly the same space, but with what we're about to do completed. And so you literally will come back knowing that you will have changed. I think it's just a matter of like recognizing that that type, like, like the adventure that you're about to set out on, which is all about unknowns, you'll come back and that will all be a known and it will be like in a bag and it will be something that you can tell a story about now. But at the moment, you're in a state where you're like, what is the story? What, yeah. What's the story going to be as we get yeah. out there? It's a form of shape-shifting. I, I know that Marco probably shares a little <laughs> bit of this reality because he goes off for months at a time visiting in-laws and I know that it shape, shifts his shape. Tell us about how he, what, going and coming, how you feel different inside of your body after you know months with your mother-in-law. <laughs> no, it wasn't your mother-in-law. Mother, what is your mother actually. and oh, mother-in-law? Oh, actually, mother and mother-in-law. That's wow. true of both. Yeah. So I spent um, about two and a half months with my mother recently in Sarasota, Florida, yeah. to which she moved about twenty-five uh -huh. years ago. Yeah. Yeah. And I spent two of those two and a half months, two weeks of those two and a half months with my mother-in-law. Uh -huh. came to visit, and we all stayed in the same home, my mother's home. Wow. Was there screaming and crying? No, was it was it a adult? good time. People really enjoyed each other. It was myself, my wife, my mother, my mother-in-law, towards the end, my brother. That's unthinkable. And his it's completely came. unthinkable. Yeah. Yeah. What's you the matter with you people? <laughs> you deserve <laughs> badges of honor. Well, there was that. good cooking. There was good food. There's good camaraderie. Yeah. There's good weather. Sarasota, Florida. I don't like that. I'm already, I'm already not into this. It's, uh, no, but I'll Why tell you. Why did you ask? You it's line hard. up a thousand <laughs> men. Yeah, but where's the dogs? And there's right? one of them that's evidently had a normal <laughs> childhood the way Mark Oh, yeah, I did. Yeah. I have one of those very, uh, I don't know what the, what the word normal is really the word, but very. Uh, but you always had that. What it was meant to be. Yeah, but you've always had that, that thing of that, a... that questing for the, even uh, whenever I'm coming up and something's like messed up or whatever, you've always had that quality of, of trying to say like, hey, well, you know what, let's look at a way in a way that maybe, that maybe it's not as messed up as you think it is. So you would be the one person I would know <laughs> who could go down with his mother-in-law, his mother, his wife, and mm -hmm. the, the dog and the budgie or whatever. There were and come two back, dogs, actually. There and come back and dogs. say, you know what, that yeah. was perfectly reasonable, yeah. which it can't be. Empir well, no, empirically, that can't, can't be the case. Marco knows that. He probably saves the messy parts for his design or his dreams. Yeah, where's that? Where's the darkness? Where do you put the messy part? Where's the darkness? Yeah. Well, 
Well, you know, back to Steve's original question, which isn't so not to, not, not <laughs> no, trying to avoid uh, the messy part. But one of the slightly messy things, and is and going back to Steve's original question about you know our expectations about how actually relative to how things really turn out, is that I find that when I go to visit my parents or my mother at this point, uh, that. Um, uh, my expectations going in are kind of grand. I think we're going to like communicate and talk about feelings and things. You and do things that happens in the past. That's kind of work out some little rough points that you know. Have you had that over. relationship in the past? You know, there's been some little rough moments and things like that. Sure, like any you know, like like honesty and like, hey, oh. this is really the way I feel and all oh, that. Oh no. <laughs> no, I've never had that. No, never really had that. You wouldn't but, understand but, that because but, you're but, incapable no, of but, such. Wait, no, I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> but, but my point is going, that dictionary is going into the trip. You know, before the arrival really takes place on the journey to my mother's home. That's I've, what I've you got think these is going to happen in my mind. Like, oh, yeah. you know, I want to talk to her about this. I want to talk to her about that. I always wanted to ask her about that. Yeah. And then when I get there. I go into the semi-comatose state. Why is yeah, that? Yeah, what yeah. is that? Which I'm incapable of really communicating on a level that's, you know, very kind of pure and open and kind of free form and, you know, really getting into. Okay. So what's the story? Why? Because everybody know. agrees. Because everybody, everybody goes into that place. All yeah. your best intentions have gone out the window and you've turned into yeah. being 16 years old again. Yeah. And that's being, it. And being so a little, what is it? you know, oh, you're going as an adult and, and you get juvenilized. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. I think you, part of it is that you slip back into these yeah. juvenile right. um, so you didn't have patterns, any, yeah. behavioral patterns. And the only safe thing to do is confess that you were smoking weed and you and you stole $50 <laughs> out of dad's sock room, right? I didn't do any of that. I was oh, just, come on. No, I was just like you a grumpy 16 I didn't do any of that either. But I'm still the same. I don't know what you're I'm still about. the same. Whatever those, whatever those, yeah. mo those breakthrough moments that are supposed to occur... And there's so much that could be spoken it about. It could however. be spoken about. And it could so be a lot much. of fun. It could it be amazing. Have, it doesn't could have be... to be dr dr dramatic or traumatic. It could mm. be just a lot of fun and a lot of good laughs. It could be but simple catharsis. Yeah, yeah. But it, don't, why, it doesn't much. come. It just doesn't come. I know. Why is that? Did you have that? Wait, is your, is your dad still alive yet? Oh, sure. He's still very much alive. But I, there are boundaries. And that too, that they too. linger. Um, while I think all of us change over time, I'm sure the two of you over the 20 years you've known each other have changed enough so that the things you might have talked about 20 years ago, you know, are off the table now. Maybe not. But certainly the imprints that happen, and I guess I'll speak for myself, when I'm young where there was danger and fear, never go away. No, no matter right. how much therapy right. Right, right, or no right. matter how much wine happens, it's still, it is still there, like the sword of Damocles just waiting to fall down. And you hear, I will never want to invite that tone in my father's voice again. And so mm. even though I would love to kick the door open on all of the jackassy things I did on his bill of fear and his good faith, which I you know, took advantage of, um, I won't do it. Because I do not want to hear those early life recriminations. And maybe mm. do, maybe, mm -hmm. maybe nobody actually does. Even when you're coming in the car and being like, hey, you know what? This would be good to do this. Maybe actually confronted by it in its reality. It is a like here be dragons territory where you're like, you know, yeah. do I really? I mean, I thought I did in the car, but do mm. I really want to unroll oh, this? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. Right. I mean, I, th for me, there's so much stuff. But on the other hand... You get into a point where people are going to fall off the end. And of course, I mean, it's obvious to say it, but people are going to fall off the end and you'll never have done it. And so you have to go with this like absence of resolution. But maybe resolution's not even possible at this point.
or it's so mm. unpalatable. Like well, I, there there could be redemption in in bringing all of that stuff up, but there's that other thing when our parents get old, where the iffiness of bringing you know old dogs that have been asleep for a long time back alive, and whether it will excite them, or whether it will disturb their late in life uh, sleep. Well, and we're old dogs mm-hmm. too. I mean, there's that weird thing of you thinking like you'll open it up, and I guess you're hoping that you hit a vein that is uh, productive. But also, you could be opening something up where you're, where you're sitting there in the living room being like, this is not a conversation that I want to... This yeah. is a conversation I want to have abstractly with this kind of yeah, person. Yeah, you feel that sort of awkward, inappropriate feeling somewhere totally in your This is totally the guide. wrong person to be <laughs> having this conversation <laughs> with. Like my mom? Right. Uh-huh. Yeah. I don't know. So you talk about how mm. good the food is and the weather. And, so you kept uh, it, yeah. You the kept co- it the common ground of whatever you're sharing, sports or gossip about, you know, people that you know. Yeah. And you keep it on the surface. And, and there's something, I think, sort of topically beautiful about, you know, when the ice is thin, when there's not a lot there that connects you anymore, of having to skate fast. And, you know, you're, you're aware, <laughs> but you're just, you're moving along a surface. And you know that there's a very deep, deep lake underneath it, but you're... You're not going to slow down and fall through that stuff. Yeah, for me, there's a couple oh, of yeah. things there. There's a couple of you know, there's a couple of seminal childhood points. Like I had a a brother die when I was young and stuff, yeah. which I was kind of aware, which I wasn't aware at the time, but I'm aware now was a major turning point for mm. everybody. That'll so, do it. And so there's only three people involved in that: me, my mom, and dad. And so there's a sense of being like, wait, everything was going in this direction, and then it turned in a different direction the only people you could share that with or the only p- p- people you could have any ca- catharsis on that with or say w- you know what was happening for you at that point it, were you freaking out I mean I was only 11 years old or whatever are those two people so they're in a way custodian of a seminal point in my life where I wasn't even cognizant enough yeah. to be able to yeah that's that's fascinating and, and creepy this way when I, because I'm a farmer and I look at animals all the time, and, and they can't speak, and yet they live their lives together and they have this deep language and sensitivity to each other, a mere glance, and you can see that they have exchanged the entire bitter conversation of spending the night together in a hut, right? Well, there is so much conversation in a family that I think happens on that level where a glance or, you know, the flushing of a nostril. Um, has the whole story, and, and language is inappropriate, but particularly in things like loss of the shape of the family and so mm. on, I think it gets right into the body, and it becomes part of the nonverbal language of a family, which is, you know, something probably that's never been studied, but is creepy and yeah, huge. Yeah, the nonverbal, yeah. yeah. Well, there's a certain comfort level there, too, to be around family members, whether whatever kind of comfort that might be, you know, slightly uncomfortable, very comfortable, something in between probably. But I think, once again, I think people do fall into these patterns of some sort of comfort, known comfort level. When I, and I really do mean level. Like there's different levels. You can bring it up, you can bring it down. But, but you're on that level and you know where it came from and you know where it's going. And therefore, it's something that maybe you don't want to fool around with. Maybe just let it slide yeah. and move on down the line yeah, in that yeah. way and not push push yeah. to go up to or down to, but i feel the same as you level. i kind of do but you know because or you know when you were saying in the car coming in and all that you know because that particular point for me is so seminal 
It's kind of exciting, right? Yeah, but, you know, the idea that we would, uh, I don't know, that does feel like either, it, either fe- it, it kind of feels a little bit like the Ark of the Covenant. It feels like something you're going to open up and either something extraordinary is going to come out of it, which gives, which in some way gives meaning to the to the 40 years that have happened since that point, or or it's going to be exactly the thing you should never have opened. And so you stay in this state of stasis. But there's mm-hmm. a whole stack of information in there about who I am and about who they were at that time and how that and how a family kind of fragmented and everybody freaked out and ran in like three different directions at once but were still all, you know, bound by the ankle to each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That like they're the only other two people in the world I'd be like, yeah. what the hell was that all about? Yeah. And they could also be like crazy, you know, where you could be in that state of catharsis where you're like, oh, my God, that was yeah. so... Well, or we, not. we've already gotten to that deep point in the evening where uh, where confessions and uh, and <laughs> insights are happening. I, I, if it keeps up, I'm going to start charging you $103 an you know hour, why? which is only 45 minutes of you time. Know, you I know want what? you to know but the you therapeutic know, rates I have are really extreme. But you know why it moved so quickly this week to the dark area? It's what? because I came in because I wasn't expecting to come in and find you in your thong. Oh, well, you come, never said ahead of don't time. Don't paint the word picture. Uh, <laughs> you never said ahead of time. That but that's I've been what working we out. I have been working out. What do you think? It looks pretty good, actually. Thank it's, you. Yeah. Like I've lost a little bit of that brown fat, and um, it's it's come it's bumping up again. Yeah, and you can make. Can you make those two things work independently? Can you make uh, one rise and the other one? Can you do that? Then? Actually, I'm uh, with show, the money t- I'm getting. Around. What, turn around what, and show me whether you can, Julian. I, I will. But I just okay. wanted the money that I'm getting from the therapeutic session with you right now. I'm using to pay somebody that's teaching me how to do that. So, so is the top I'm, half looking as look, looking as felt as the bottom half is? What, well, what do you think? Well, I don't. Know, I can't see because the top half is completely swaddled in clothing, but oh. the bottom half is just a thong and yeah, right, and a couple of pieces of string yeah, with dare knots. dare to be great. That's what I say. You want more wine? Please, is why you had this time for that. Do, does anybody want food? I would love some food. Stop. We're going to get wasted. For. And what is on the menu? <laughs> <laughs> and who's serving it? Oh, Mark. Uh, it's some curry. I made a little bit earlier. Curry. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's some curry. It's chicken. Uh, it's like a chickeny, yogurty. Uh, it's all soaked into the rice now. Lovely. Uh-huh. One of my favorite things in the world is uh, is being in a part of the world where curry is in the air. And here we are. Curry is in the air, and we're in my favorite part of the world. It's a, a place where we're not going to get giardia or parasites that will fly out of our orifices. Okay, it should be wetter than it is, but it's so down. Yum. So, can you smell? Can you smell this? It, it has, uh, it's thick. It smells pretty good, I think. Mm. I've been smelling it all day. So. Yes. Did I give you a spoon? You did. You did. Uh, it's got inspired. A got a spoon. What are your people doing? It's not very spicy. What? Because <laughs> I wasn't sure what people's spice levels were. Well, <clears throat> I think that good spicy food is one of those bridges that brings you back to yourself very quickly. Mm-hmm. It finds you out. And this is this very, it's got some top-end uh, sort of woodwinds on it, don't you think? It's kind of sweet because mm-hmm. there's a bunch of uh, golden raisins in there. Yeah. You know, I was improvising a little bit. Yeah. But uh, it'll do it. It's going to do it. <clears throat> oh, I, I'm back. Um, 
have you found that in the 20 years that you've known each other, you've, you've probably sat at table together, you know, several hundred times, that um, your conversations and your uh, enjoyment over a meal has gotten deeper, richer, wilder? No. No, it's been the same throughout. Our relationship yeah. has been pretty steady from mm. the... I mean, we've done... Uh, yeah, pretty steady. Yeah. It has. We've done lots of things together that, that when I tell... You're one of those people that, uh, that I tell anecdotes about that seem crazy. But in fact, when we were doing them, they weren't as crazy as they appear to be. But when you retell them, especially with you and the hair and the way you used to look and all that kind of stuff, like all the Las Vegas stories and all the stuff that we talked about, where people are... People around the dinner table, they're like wrapped. They're like, oh, my God, who is this dude or whatever? And I'm like, you know what? He's actually kind of a sensible, relatively sober, like decent salt of the earth kind of guy. But he sounds like I was hanging out with someone out of, you know, like the drummer from, from, from Kiss or right. something. I think it's your storytelling no. capabilities that, <laughs> that lead that. I may be uh, embellishing a little bit. Right. Has Julian, uh, do you tell stories on Julian? I do. I sure I do. I do. Is there a favorite one that you'd like to share with mm, us here over the one. wine God, and You so do many. tell stories about me. Sure I do. You do? I totally tell stories about you. Well, a lot of people ask how we met. I tell that one quite often. It's like, how do you know that guy? Yeah. How do we know each other? Well, so, that's not guy such an amazing us. story, but I tell that one quite often. Well, could, could you share that with us? Well, well actually, we met minutes? because of... Uh, because of or we, got to, we got to know each other, I guess I should say. Because of our um, affinity for this part of the world, the, the Catskill, Delaware County area. That's how we got to know each other properly, yeah. yeah. That's true. We came up here and hiked and camped mm -hmm. and uh, had some outdoor adventures we did. together in this area. Uh -huh. And then, of course, Julian rented a house uh, in the area for a month one summer uh -huh. and then an entire summer and a different summer. Yeah, that's true. And then, of course, bought a home in Bovina mm -hmm. and we spent a lot of time there together. Mm. So, but we met, but we really got to know each other through through the, sharing outdoor adventures in the Delaware County oh. area. Yeah. Roxbury, Bovina, but he's Venetia. Like, <clears throat> but he's, he's kind of telling the truth, like the romantic truth. But actually, everything else was, um, was photo shoots with bands or whatever. In, uh, and then also... Mm. Hey, a whole stack of stuff. Also going climbing together, also mm -hmm. going traveling together. All kinds of right. stuff we did. Mm -hmm. Well, <clears throat> I hope that all of us here at table are starting to feel Ooh. the camaraderie that can only happen when good food and wine and uh, discussions mm -hmm. that are both mm -hmm. superficial and deep go on. <laughs> you're, a, you're, of course, listening to WIOX. Community radio, live and local. You're so good at that. Oh my God! When did you stop being good at that? FM you were so crap at that before NTG I went away, and now you're so cable, good. Channel 20, um, and at wioxradio.org on the web or any of your smart devices, which is the way we hope the world tunes into Steve and Julian on the evening tickler.
Hi, this is Sunny Oaks, host of Folk Music and Other Stuff on WIOX, here to tell you about an incredibly special two-night event this Tuesday and Wednesday evening at the Middleburg Library. It's a film and a concert with Sharon Katz of Sharon Katz and the Peace Train. The film is the Peace Train 2016 tour across America, an incredibly important and moving documentary that brings together kids and adults of all backgrounds to sing about their shared values and hopes for a better future. And Sharon will be there to talk about how the film came about. That's on Tuesday at 7 p.m. And on Wednesday at 7 p.m., it's the concert. Sharon Katz and her guitar. Music that will get you on your feet and singing along. It's all happening this Tuesday and Wednesday at the Middleburg Library. I'd be happy to tell you more at 518 518- Eight two seven forty nine fifty three. That's five one eight eight two seven forty nine fifty three. WIOX is supported by Peekamoo's Restaurant on Route twenty eight in Big Indian, featuring farmhouse cuisine prepared with locally grown ingredients and a growing wine and craft beer list. Open for dinner Thursday through Monday at four p.m. The Peekamoo's Tap Room and Lounge serves food and drink until midnight Friday and Saturday. Reservations and information at PeekamooseRestaurant.com or 845-254-6500. Well, we're back uh, with the evening tickler, the Sunday evening tickler with uh, Julian and Steve and, and Marco. And Julian, who we've all missed horribly for the past several weeks, as he's been off on his journey, his vision quest, seeking, uh, I think, probably personal truths uh, for the greater good of his children and, and maybe for us as the weeks go by and we learn bits and pieces. But mm-hmm. I, I've always found in my life, uh, and I want to throw this out to the table as a conversational rabbit, that quite often I find myself having experiences and really loading myself up with memories so that I'll have something to forget. And let let me say that again. Really? That's what you're Um, doing? Because Is that what you're doing right now? I I like to have things that I can meaningfully forget because it's it gives me sort of a moral excuse for my natural predisposition for a bad memory. But I do load myself up with lots of information and uh, and when I can't draw it back um, it is part of that thing where it gives me an excuse to forget. So what, yeah. you're basically saying that you deliberately put yourself in harm's way? Uh, not the way you do, but uh, I, I do look to get myself in front of a problem, and it's part of what mature adults do, What's where the they sec- recognize that there's a bump in the road and they spin around it. But what's the part of it, deliberately putting yourself in situations that you're going to forget? Well, it's not deliberate. It's just that... My life is, um, you know, I've got really rich, deep, short-term memory, and I've got really, really rich, deep, long-term memory, which gets influenced by my imagination. But all of that stuff in between, I basically forget about. You know, I'm very bad at, at getting tested on things where I'm supposed to know the multiplication tables, but I have to use my fingers and all of that. So I do cram and learn and build my memory up. Uh, it's, and and I know it's going to go out, but um, it is an exercise that gets in front of me forgetting everything, and uh, it's just one of. It, There's a poem in the, the, the so you so you you're just moving <coughs> you're just moving in increments towards oblivion. 
aren't we all? Well, we I are. Mean, and we, we all have our own little tactics and, and so on. But right. um, I, I suppose but you're, you're blessed orchestr- with... You're uh, orchestrating your journey towards oblivion. Well, I try to be aware. And, and the awareness also is part of me being sensitive to all of my failings and my imperfections. Oh, which, Steve. Well, no, it's not an oh, Steve. I, I think that our imperfections get us closer to perfection in a faster way than than uh, otherwise. I mean, have you ever tried to be perfect? It's just a fool's task. But if you embrace the imperfections, then you will slowly, you know, on your belly, crawl towards that Bethlehem. Is, uh, well, Marco, don't you're... you have any imperfections that you want to share with us right now? Marco, Marco's littered with imperfections. <laughs> <laughs> that, that is so true. That is so true. Has, has time found out any of them in uh, embarrassing ways? Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Un- unbeknownst to me, definitely, some mm. of them. No, of course. I think I think we all um, have to struggle with that, or embrace it, or deal with it in some way. Um, but you know, a lot of times I, th- I find that other, you know, what you personally feel is an is a imperfection. Other people f- see as some kind of trait mm. and quality that they find fascinating or even might even admire. Oh, that's so true. Or th- or think that you have mm. some kind of slightly special you know quality that they and other people they don't know have which um they're somewhat fascinated in. That's and a- that and that can be kind of disarming and yeah. it can be a, definitely a surprise and it can be um a, a real revelation. Of course that once again spe- looking at the bright side of the, of the of the equation there, which you always do. I mean, you're definitely the you're definitely in all of that stuff that we we're talking about earlier about trying to forget or whatever. You are somebody who has a quest to lead a well lived life. Oh, I love to hear that. But you go do. on, go you on. D- <laughs> and the trail of crumbs. Is this? Is I'm like rubbing you. <laughs> uh, this is the I'm, best. I'm the do. guy wearing the thongs. So, uh, <laughs> go give those attentions to me. But you um, do. But you do. There's a kind of moral compass in the way that you're even through the freakiest years of record company. You know all the stuff down there. Your sense of like, wait, wait, this needs to be done in a way that's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I totally associate with you. Well, I think if you, you know, I think if you live your, you know, life and you go about, you know, pursuing what's interesting to you and in um, some honest fashion. Well, that makes sense. Yeah, of course. And of course, with some kind of positive motivation behind it all. Yeah. How wrong can things go? No, 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 no. If everybody did that, the world would be totally fine. But most of us have some, uh, some fatal flaw Achilles heel or whatever where we want to do that but where we actually have compulsions that um <clears throat> that prevent us doing that you seem to be able to like mm. you seem to be able to st- to concentrate and stay on the road as far as i know did I you know. get that from your I, I don't know how far but we don't go so far back <laughs> <laughs> get did that from you, who your mother my mother no mother i'm and sure i'm sure did, i did get some of that from my mother sure nice. and my grandmother sure mm-hmm. my parents um, you know, you, you know, that's where you get so much of what ends up making up your, um, whatever mm-hmm. composes so your, true. no, but your with you, I remember once having a conversation with Nils, mm-hmm. a mutual friend of ours or whatever about you and me saying, you know, because one of the things I always say about you when we sat around a table or whatever 
is, you know, my whole like man who fell to earth thing. Like you do slightly have a quality of somebody who landed from another planet who's trying to work out what the earthlings do. You know, you and you've always had that kind of thing. So, so um, I have heard that. I've heard that said. Yeah. Yeah. So that's outside because the rest of us are just kind of wandering around in our own excrement and doing whatever. And like, like I can have a conversation with you where I'm talking about, you know, yeah, but this guy does that, and he's one of those guys. Or whatever. And I look across at you with everybody else at the table. They're all like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's one of them or whatever. And you've always got that like slightly cocked head of like. Okay. I'm trying to absorb right. it. I'm trying to, right, right. Like you're not quite you're sure. Somehow or else. I've never heard it before. Like you're not right there in the soup mm-hmm. with us or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like it's really, it. that's a new concept to me. <laughs> really? <laughs> so what is it? That mm-hmm. is, but it's true. You're slightly an alien. The man who fell to earth thing. And it was Nils who said the most. When, when I was trying to struggle with that thing about you where I'm saying something that I think it, we're all going to agree on, and you're like, I think I know what you mean, or whatever. I'm like, of course you know what I mean. Everybody knows what I mean. We're talking about that thing. And you're like, uh-huh, uh-huh. That, when I said that to Nils that time, he was like, that's because Marco isn't from here. He's like the man who fell to earth. <laughs> well, Marco, as, as short a time as I've known Marco, I can tell is one of those guys that women just fall <laughs> In love with, oh, no, and for this, oh, and for the reasons Jesus, I might have to leave the room. Um, <laughs> you're a good listener. You listen, and, and that I do is enjoy something listening. That is extremely attractive and, and very. I do short enjoy supply. listening. I'd much rather listen than speak. Actually, yeah. oh, made true. I do. It's so. It's so much. <laughs> it's easier, isn't it? Well, it's easier for sure. You know, it really is. You just got to set your ego aside, and um, then it's just the, you know, the sky's the limit. Really? Well, that's another thing about you. Fairly low ego in that way. Yeah. I mean, I'm so busy trying to occupy space. Oh. I enjoy occupying space, too, actually. Sure. I think we all do, really. I mean, who doesn't? That's what it's it's really all about, space. I mean, you can't have enough of it. (laughs) You really can't. Are you on a Lebensraum? That's why we're in Delaware County. We've got so much space. You are in love with that whole space thing in Delaware County. I do. I love it. I know. It's amazing. Mm -hmm. Like, you're you're one of those ones who, like, like every time you move or when you're buying a new house, it's got to be further away than the previous one. Me, I'm like, the absence of human contact here drives me around the bend. And you're like forget the human contact you're like going further and further and further down the line yeah we're so polar opposites in that mm. way mm-hmm. it's yeah. true we have been moving in the opposite directions well i mean i love delaware county and everything that it offers but i mean ideally i'd be somewhere like wyoming or alberta canada but that's crazy. or northern maine that's crazy or you know baffin island would be really <laughs> great it'd be really tough to pull off but i mean you know but and so therefore you know but of course i'm married and i've got you know i've got to make a living it's whatever so you know, Delaware County is pretty good when it, if you fa- Marco, have to factor in all those, um, all those things. I have a question for you. Um, and I know that you, as a good listener, will listen carefully. I will. And then um, give me a response. Now, <clears throat> Baffin Island, and I've been there. Oh, really? I've oh been, God, I've been to one it. of these places that you are yearning for, which is completely devoid of humankind. Yeah. It is... It is so wild and swept of people that when you're there, and I remember this, and, and, and I haven't thought of this since you said I would like to go to Baffin Island if I could, standing on a mountain ridge 
and looking out over this vast plain of, of mountains that nobody had ever walked. The Eskimos and indigenous people never went up there because there wasn't any food. Sure. We were probably the first people up there. Wow. It, the emotional feeling that I had was that of being appallingly afraid mm. because it was so gone from the world as I knew it. There was, it was <clears throat> hard to explain the existential rush of shit right to my heart that I felt in looking over a place that was alien. It, it was the equivalent of uh, uh, being on Mars. Sure, and sure. I, and that that is a place that you yearn for proofs out Julian's belief that you are an alien. You yeah. are you are yearning <laughs> to go back <laughs> to that planet that you came from. You, you are the little prince, evidently. <laughs> I would, I, what do you think, Julian? Well, for, oh. it's the exact diametric opposite to me where, mm. where, you know, I mean, the idea of, like when I was down in Patagonia, and we talked about doing a lot mm. of those trips together, and we actually didn't do any of the remote <laughs> ones together. Right. <clears throat> you know, mm. there's a celebration of that remoteness as a kind of freaked out state or whatever but then the first person who, who walks around the corner is of enormous value to me like i want to mm -hmm. be able to tell my story or tell no. a joke or get, you know mm -hmm. whereas you seem to actually <clears throat> you seem to actually want to be away from that i mm. i need that on a minute to i need that level of human affirmation on a mm. minute to minute day-to-day -day basis well, I'm sure if I wasn't in one of those places, the first person that walked around the corner would You'd completely fascinate. Yeah, for, oh, for sure. Right. But I think that's one of the qualities that makes those, that's one of the factors that makes places like that so special, is that you do, in places like that, you do, you're forced to appreciate the value and the qualities and everything that another person has to offer. Whereas when you're in a place like Manhattan, there's so sure. many people sure, that sure, people sure. are kind of a problem. Yeah. You yeah, know, yeah, you have yeah. your friends and you love them. But beyond that, it's like everyone else is a big bummer. Okay. But do I you... mean, you know, not everyone has that attitude, but I mean, that's a very typical kind of like mindset. And attitude. As a designer, uh, do you find that that philosophy informs on the way you visualize? And, and, and that philosophy would be that the understatement makes the overstatement? Um, I think so. Yeah. I think the understatement does make the overstatement. Yeah. It definitely influences it a lot. Yeah. But, um, um, yeah, I think that, um, you know, if you did live in one of these remote places, really, I think you do. I mean, I was in Nepal and, and hiked there for a couple of weeks in a row at one point. And, you know, when you are hiking in Nepal, there's different parts of Nepal. Some parts are more populated than others. But if you go to some of the more remote areas, when you're hiking along your trail, when you meet someone, if you meet someone, you don't just pass them on the trail. You definitely stop and talk to them because you haven't seen anyone for a, a yeah. half a day or a day and a half or two yeah. days or whatever it may be. And you want to ask them about, like, what's the trail like the way you you just came from? Because that's the way I'm going because that's why we cross paths. Yeah. Do you have a cup of scotch? Right. Oh. And what have you got? Should we <laughs> trade something? <laughs> you know, what kind of information do you have? What kind of knowledge do you have about, like, the weather and the train or whatever that's that way? And what are the people like, and can you get any food, and like this, that, and the other thing. So, you know, you really like, are desperate for information and contact and communication with this other person that you just happen to meet. And um, whereas you don't, um, those kind of communications and um, experiences just don't happen when you're living in, in some places. place like Brooklyn. Of course not. No. So. But what about... What about, I mean, a thing that you don't seem to be affected by that affects me literally minute to minute 
is <clears throat> like I don't associate you with lonely. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah, like anyone else, I'm, I get lonely, but maybe not as often or as intensely as other people. Close maybe not as you. Um, I mean, I, I, I think when you're in a, the absence of a, other people around you, it, it really helps you reflect upon you know, yourself and who you are and helps you understand yourself a little more. There's no one else to really focus on. Like you're the only one there. So it's either you or nobody. Yeah, no, I don't like just, that. I don't like that. <laughs> well, I don't, don't want to be the only one uh, there. I want someone no, else to be there's there. There's no reason for you to like it, Julian. Uh, <laughs> because you have the power to invent the world that you want, and you do that very well, which is why we love you. And we love playing in that world that you do so well. Um, but there is that phenomenal um, uh, practice of being in a world separate from everything that is familiar. And so when the familiar comes in, it's extraordinary. And uh, when, you, when you're in a world that has no color, like if the stories that Eskimos and, right, and right, right. people have about when they're in a world of just white and mm -hmm. they come up against a calving glacier and the light breaks and they see blue and yellow and how it just is an extraordinary experience for them for in a moment to have that thing that they don't want when, you know, we have that all of the time and it's just wallpaper. Right, right, right. But life probably becomes much more poignant and meaningful when we do separate ourselves from the things that we take for granted. And so when they do come and cross our paths, they make a, an impression. Mm -hmm. And if, if you consciously do that in your life, Marco, so that you have grace to the gifts of life, then, you know, you're the Buddha. We're wow, you are the, the Buddha. Buddha, man. Yeah. We're, we're all the Buddha. You so don't look the Buddha. Yeah. You're you all the wrong you shape. You're the wrong shape. <laughs> yeah, you need to put on some weight. Hey, I'm a little more Buddha really. than you are. <laughs> no, Give you me some more rice. <laughs> no, uh, look over the table at Steve. <laughs> no, my point was that. <laughs> What's above the thong is a little more Buddha than you are. <laughs> Only a little. The brown, brown fat's uh -huh. going, man. Mm -hmm. But what no, is the brown fat? What's brown about the fat? No, the, it's the it's a local Delco concept of in the winter time when you're sedentary and you eat the good fat foods, you put on the brown fat, and then when the spring comes, you take it off, and in the fall, you put it back on. But you told me when I got back mm. that you've been going to the gym. I have been all winter long going to the gym. Really? Which one, Arkville? Well, it is uh, in in Delhi. Oh, the cardio club. Oh, you do the, oh. And. Uh, my wife and I, Christy, mm -hmm. who got me there, um, we, because we farm, we have to be ready to go when the sun comes up in the soil. But is it so humiliating? There's nobody there. How do you pull out? You go at four o'clock in the morning. No, no, at noon. Is and it still on Main Street? No, no, it's, it's no, no. It's down a back down a back road somewhere. It's moved to yeah, a, a place. There was too where, much shame on Main Street. Where People no can shame. see you coming and going. Um, no, they've hidden it down by uh, the public toilet. But why would uh, you, why would you think that there would would be shame in, in well, physically working out? Yeah. Well, you know there is because the because the concept <clears throat> because going to a gym is lame and we all know it's lame. So ultimately, turning up and having to turn up finally at the gym and be like, "Okay, I'm here alongside the other people or whatever." There's a, uh, there's a, there is a humiliating factor about all for that. you. 
For me, it's an empowering factor. Right, but I assume that the entire world is watching me and 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 actually cares about what I'm, whether I'm in the gym or not. Well, the cardio club had big windows under the street. Giant, I know, yeah. yeah that's yeah, which is a little disconcerting. Oh, Completely disconcerting. This is like a dark old, old school gym now. You, know, oh. you can go in there, and, and at the hour we go, we're the only people there. That would be good. I could do it. And, 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 the, and the beautiful thing is that my wife is a, is a professional, studied exercise uh, guru. I'm aware. So um, she occasionally, you know, corrects me and gives me advice. But Are you pulling, like, weights and things? And doing, yeah, man. Are I'm you doing all of that? The 45-pound weights on the end of those steel bars and pushing it up wow. and down. and. Uh, That's I'm, so degrading. But I'm not making those noises. That's where it, you cross the line when you start making those really grunty, mm. passionate, carnal right, right, noise. Right. That is inexcusable. And everything's sealed. Nothing's leaking. Nothing's, there's no. Are you talking about the human body? Yeah. Or, uh, <laughs> like the strain of the whatever? Because that's another worry. That's another worry. You've got to worry about whether all the plugs are still yeah. as tight as they were. <laughs> Age is a cruel master, but I'm not, I am not there yet. I'm still kind of plugged up. And it's okay. <laughs> um, but, and I don't see those stains anywhere either or those smells oh, that would happen. It's, but you don't do that. No, you, but you did for years. You became like a gym rat. I remember all those years when we were barely speaking because you turned into like a freak. Oh, oh my God. No, you lost Were you big, no, man? No, did you? No. Did you, really you were much bigger. You did used to be con considerably bigger. I mean, now you've kind of come back to a middle ground or whatever. Middle but there was ground. a period there ground. where you were turning into like one of those marathon runner kind of looking people. Well, I did go to the gym pretty religiously for a couple of years or whatever it was. Oh, you, four or five years. You and Pia both. We did. Yeah. yeah my yeah, wife yeah. and I both went pretty regularly. Right. I enjoyed it. It was it was great. I felt really good and I looked good. And but you, you got know. super super skinny. I remember you. Excuse me. Lost some weight. I did. Right. I did. You know you don't want to get too skinny. Uh, at our age, we want to stay in no, some place where true. there's still a little bit of stuff. Otherwise, otherwise we we get that's another look that's going on. You know, listen. The skinny ones last longer, even though it might not be appealing in the sort of sexual way. Yeah. But the skinny ones do last <laughs> that's longer. That's true. Um, I, um, I've noticed that skinny stay like, cause I was always skinny. You stay skinny, but then you just get this one bad, like it doesn't like, like people who are attractively a little heavier, they just <laughs> smoothly, stop, stop demonstrating. But I, you know I what I mean? <laughs> but they smoothly acquire weight in a way where you're like, Oh, you're carrying mm. that kind of well skinny people like us. We acquire it in a place that nobody wants to see it. Like you, yeah. so you still stay like a piece of string, but then you're like a piece of string with it's like a, a tie with a lobe right. or a, an apron. Yeah, um, a kind of weird atrophied yeah. kind of, um, uh -huh. and I don't like the texture of it. Mm. Mm -hmm. I don't like the te whatever that piece that, that you've added on. It's got a really bad texture. I don't know where we can go with that. Uh, I, Marco, could I could show you. you. Could you well, one thing I found really um, uh, ironic <laughs> is, you know, when uh, I lived in New York City for some time. And uh, when I moved to Delaware County full-time, uh, friends who were back in the city, were when I'd see them, they'd say, oh, you know, wow, you're living in the country now. It must be great. And you're, like, always hiking and walking around. And, oh, like, you're, you're, like, on your feet all the time. And you're outside and you're chopping wood and you're in the woods and you're doing all these things. And, 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 and you, you know, say, yeah, of course. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. What else are you going to say? You're like, Keep the myth oh, alive. Actually, right. That's so true. But, of course, what you're thinking is, you know, 
that not, none of that's going on. We drive everywhere. And like, we're sure we're outside. We cut the grass on some riding mower or whatever. And sure, I mean, I do chop a lot of wood personally, and I do a lot of gardening, which does keep you on your feet. But the point, my point is that actually, ironically, when I didn't, when I was the most physically active was when I was in a highly, highly, highly urban environment because I went to a gym and I walked. Yeah. In a very walkable city, which is New York City, which is one of the most walkable cities on the planet, that's when I was actually probably in the best shape of my life. When I actually moved to Delaware County, things went a little downhill. Right. Not not in a brutal way, but well, was they, a- it was definitely a drop off. And it's so ironic. And it's I think it it's is difficult. ironic if you're if you're a farmer and you're a good got a, if you got a dairy farm, forget about it. those guys are in shape, and they're like and they're walking and they're on their feet, you know, twenty out of twenty four hours. And everything's they're kicking ass, but and you, Steve, you've during the yeah. summer months for yeah. eight months of the year, it's got to be the same way for you. Yeah, it's, it's but constant. for a lot of other people who are living in um, some rural areas, but they don't have these outdoor, physically active job like a forester or a logger or something. Onanism. You know, they are not. You know, they're just their bodies are probably suffering. That's a very good point, and I can ab- absolutely suggest to anybody that wants proof of that to go to the Delaware County State Fair. You will, mm. you will see exactly what our lives have turned us into. Mm. We're big, we're slow, yeah. we like pre-diabetic diets. Mm-hmm. And, um, but that, that is the irony, and, and that, that is such an appropriately used uh, cliche on how people in the city romanticize mm-hmm. what our life is oh, here. And, um, and there's no reason not to like tell them, of course, that's, <laughs> uh, we are Paul Bunyan's uh, mm-hmm. working heroically in mean labor to survive and to keep ourselves fit. There's no fat up here, so you don't want to see it on us. We're mm-hmm. pulling roots out of the ground and we're, and we're killing fat-free meat every <laughs> night for our meals. But that, that's just not, we have a, the price chopper yeah. And ice cream. Yeah. And, you know, I was just in Venice. <clears throat> it's amazing. I always wondered how, um, you know, Venice is full of little old ladies and little old men or, or, mm. who are moving around. And, you know, they're all, they last until their 90s or whatever. The whole, yeah. There's a whole community of them. Mm-hmm. And then it only occurred to me, like, of course, they've spent their entire lives. You know, there's no internal combustion, combustion engine there. Yeah. Mm. You know, they're not going to go down and get in a, their own boat and start to unhook it. They've walked their entire lives through an urban environment. That's all they can do. They go up a little bridge, down a little bridge, you know, go all the way around. So, they're, uh, so they live forever, just purely and simply on the basis of, um, of perambulating, of moving one foot in front of the other. Mm-hmm. So that is the key to a long life. I go, guess, go to I Venice. Walking yeah, really go to Venice. Venice. If you want to become an old lady, go to Venice. And you know they're all dying like crazy. There's gonna be there's no there's no, nothing to follow them. The old ladies are dying. Well, yeah. I mean, they're reaching their nineties or whatever, and then there's no nobody else wants to live in Venice after. Nothing's in the pipeline. Nothing's in the pipeline because there's no, um, you know, because it's turned into a kind of like a like a kind of historical pageant Disneyland or whatever, and nobody nobody wants to live there. And why is it that the young people don't want to live there? I think for the same reason, you know, I mean, because there's nothing there. There's nothing, there's nothing that would attract a young person. There's no, you know, when they're in their teens or 20s, there's no light life. There's no something or other, you know, there's no... There's no youth there's, culture. There's no work. There's no youth culture. There's no nothing. No, it's like a little, 
It's like a little a piece of Italy preserved in aspic. Is it affordable for young people? Or is that also part of the problem? I think it's probably it, it's probably expensive, but only as expensive as Vicenza or Padova or you know any of those other towns around. Hmm. I think it's just that it's this weird freak show that's out there. You know, it's got a population of fifty-five thousand people, mm-hmm. and uh, tur- and twenty million tourists, twenty-one million mm-hmm. tourists a year for fifty-five thousand people. Yeah. I mean, it's probably fifty-five thousand people in Oneonta, isn't it? 55,000 people uh, in Oneonta. I think that's a little bit south of that. You mean uh, Oneonta is smaller than that? Much. Oh, is it? Really? I think Oneonta is like, there are a lot of mirrors in Oneonta, so it doubles things up. There are a lot of drunks, so <laughs> right. you, it, you might be doubling up on that, too. I think it's like 15,000. Oh, that's all it is? I think really? it's not like a, a mega. Okay, so, what, so what's like Binghamton? Oh... Anyway, the point is, Venice is a very famous city, or but but is in fact just a town. How are we going to Venice? What we got? Let's all go to Venice. Yeah. Um, Then we'll live forever. It's just another reminder this evening at the table that our hills and mountains, uh, while they isolate us, bring us together in the best of ways around the table, and we, Steve and Julian, and our lovely guest Marco, want to thank you for joining us tonight. And so nice to be here. Really enjoyed being with you guys. Yeah. And you, on you ate so much curry. I did. I, he ate nearly the, the entire he jar of curry. Down fat. to the bottom of the bowl. Right. You've always been a good eater. Mm, I have. You've always been a good eater, love. Especially if you're cooking. <laughs> oh, <laughs> really, so sweet. Um, it's true. We, uh, we hope all of you in the near future can join us at table here on the Evening Tickler. And, um, and we hope all of you will stay to... Enjoy a few hours with the captain who's standing behind me. I can feel his energy right now. He's going to entertain you and and maybe make you a better person. And with that, we will see you with great joy in our eyes and hearts next week. Yeah. Yeah. I was a nipper only six months old, my mother and my father too. They didn't know what to wean me on, they were in the dreadful stew. They thought of strike, they thought of steak, or a little bit of old cod row. I said, Bob, round to the old cook shop, and I'll tell you what'll make me grow. Boiled beef and carrots, boiled beef and carrots. That's the stuff for your Darby shell, makes you fat and it keeps you well. Don't live like vegetarians on food, they give the parrots. Blow out your cake from morning night on boiled Beef and Terrence. When I got married to Matilda Brown, a funny little girl next door, we went to Brighton for the week. We both got it and once more. My bells all met me in the bus to the village and we watched a train.